1: You're drinking red wine, and I'm drinking Airborne, but we both need to pour some out for Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I mean, hopefully someone did a line for her. <laughs> that's that's a little mean, but too. okay. It's a little rough start.
0: Uh, Leia, you are back in our lives.
1: So one of our astute listeners told me that it was, in fact publicized that it was cgi leia yeah man i am heartbroken yeah but i guess i guess cgi leia means that they can use cgi leia in other movies now is that a good trend are we happy about that trend mm. i don't i don't
0: think so i mean part of me is was really excited about it
1: and then also, just totally creeped out. I think it's going to be harder to watch Carrie Fisher than it is to watch, like, Grand Moff Tarkin. Anyway, your New York Giants. Yeah, that was... Uh, for someone in the NFC
0: North, uh, you know how that that happens.
1: I do. That was do. De- demoralizing what Rodgers did. I do, indeed. And, I mean, I'm demoralized because I hate seeing any successes for the packers yeah i saw a whole lot of green and
0: gold green and yellow i don't know what they say uh over the weekend and it was i was like okay the giants are gonna actually they're gonna have a chance in this one and they did they just i mean they made what three boneheaded mistakes
1: are you calling the hail mary a boneheaded mistake or now yeah the defense on the hail mary letting that happen in general. I think so I have a theory that the the trajectory of the ball throws people off. Because he because Rogers throws it so high, people are completely losing track of what it looks like when it comes down. Like it it's more like fielding a punt than it's than it is like fielding catching a pass. I like <laughs> I hate to compliment Aaron Rodgers, but I'm I'm gonna do it anyway. Like the fact that he could stand on the 50-yard line and hit the back line of the end zone. Like, if that ball had dropped, it would have hit the back line of the end zone.
0: Yeah, no, that was uh, that's pretty amazing.
1: Unreal. Reminds me of those old Vortex football ads.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I basically I stopped watching when Rainey let... I don't know what he was doing, feeling that that kickoff they that would have gone out of bounds or at the very least somehow bounced into the end zone right oh my gosh what are you doing that was the end of the game any sort of chance any sort of momentum was totally killed
1: yeah that that was a tough one but other other thoughts on the playoffs uh you and i have some little side bets going maybe we'll update people on that later on during or at a later podcast but uh I did pretty well. Yeah,
0: just once we see how things are things are going, we're just trying to see our predictive. We're just trying to put uh, put our guesses. I'm going to go on the record and say that I did pretty well. You did pretty well.
1: I did not do as well as you did. You did, you did pretty well. though, I was still. I was close. I mean, you didn't, close, but you didn't do definitively badly. I mean, I texted you that I thought the lines were all screwy for this, and I really did. Like, and look at, I mean. No one was close. Like none of the lines were in a place where I thought that you had to that people had to waffle either way. I thought that people were going into betting on them like, oh I've got a sure thing, but on both sides.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I think so. And yeah, the lines were really were really odd. A lot of teams no one knew really what to expect. But yeah, that Pittsburgh game, I watched that Pittsburgh game and that was an embarrassment. Like at least I can say I, I feel like I can say as a Giants fan, like there were a couple of plays that just killed them. You could see it kill them, but then there were like that Miami team was never in it. And yeah. Seattle kind of dominated
1: that game. <laughs> I hate seeing happy Pete Carroll. It is sort of frustrating, isn't it? More than sort of frustrating, and I worry about the Falcons taking them on next weekend. Mm,
0: yeah, that I really wanted the, the Giants to face the Falcons because I felt like that was the perfect matchup. That was that a I good thought. path for the Falcon for the Giants to go. Would have been, but then yeah, everything went screwy. All right, well, this is a fantasy baseball podcast, so let's let's talk about what what matters. And I was thinking about it, and there are some the
1: recent news is all about ex blue jays <laughs> yeah and i don't like that uh, that encarnacion ended up in the al central
0: yeah just to remind your your twinkies that you badmouthed him by trading him for pennies on the dollar well, i was
1: talking to one of my friends who's a is a tigers fan and like you know neither the twins or the tigers appears to have made any moves and the any significant moves and the Royals and nope. the Indians are stocking up. Yeah. Like and I mean the White Sox did some stocking. Like what are we going to do? Yeah, the White Sox I think the White Sox actually they retooled
0: in a good way for the future. Agreed. They're probably not they're not going to win the division this
1: year, I'll tell you that much. But. Well, I mean, I think we can say that about the Twins and probably the Tigers as well. I mean,
0: Tigers could I think the Tigers could put something
1: together I think but yeah I'm not, the twins I'm not, not gonna bet box this, you. but like if you made me pick the order right now, I would say it's gonna be Indians, Royals, Tigers, <laughs> White Sox twins. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: might
1: I, I might agree with you. But anyway, also agree. so Joey Bats is another ex blue jay here. What do you think? Still not signed. I know. What's going on there? Uh, I mean, the Blue Jays are letting him kind of punch out his
0: hopes and dreams, and then they'll they'll sign him for, like, what? I don't know. I Drastically reduced from what he would have been if they had just extended his contract. So that's nice for them. I think, I mean, the Twins ought to, Twins should just fucking sign him. That would be awesome. That actually might solve some of our outfield problems. Look at
1: his splits. Look at his splits in target field. Oh, I... I know we we have discussed this. You don't need to keep rubbing it in. I mean, as long as he doesn't go to like a different AL Central team, I don't feel as bad. Oh, true, true. All right, but then you know we've saved the best for last. Oh, really?
0: Rajay Davis, <laughs> Oakland Athletics. This to me has—it's already been sort of panned by a bunch of different teams, yeah. but this already looks like the ten homer. 40 steel guy that the smart person in our draft is going to take and is going to get a ton of run out of and i'm going to be pissed yeah, off yeah
1: this is the uh i i think if we're really thinking typically here i'll probably pick him in the last round ish and then drop him about two weeks in Mm. And then he'll get on fire. Like, so, so we'll let you know, listeners, when I drop Rajai Davis, because that is, should be your surefire sign to pick him up. Yeah. Spoken correctly. (laughs) I'm going to try not to do that. All right. Anyway, in this little, in the rest of the podcast, Eric's going to talk about some progress that he's made with the disaggregate pitching for war model. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been doing to keep up with baseball in the offseason and ask Eric what he's been up to. So take it away, Eric. All right. So typically we have a bunch of uh, bullet points here
0: to to go off of, but uh, I'm going to do that sans bullet points. So uh, last time we left you on the for war metrics, we were talking about the offensive side. Um, We had broken everything out so we could look at um, each player weekly compared to a replacement level player, um, which ended up giving us different results from looking at things in a season long total, which I really liked. I mean, I, just to, to recap there, I think we both were for the disaggregate model. So the looking at everything weekly and then kind of summing together the stats. So we did a lot of work on the offensive side because that's easy. Um, I'm dusting it off for the pitching side. Um, this is in kind of in preparation for season one of the podcast. <laughs> and i um, hoping that we have a, a, a good metric to be able to talk um, player values together with and also do some of our uh, more in-depth um, data reduction and analyses.
1: So do you see any trouble with the roster construction? Like one of the things that I've been thinking about with this is the fact that that on the hitting side, you're mitigated by that guys really fit into specified slots. You know, they've got positions. Once you switch to the pitching side, you've got starters and you've got relievers and you've got a few guys that nebulously fit between those. And in particular, in our league, we're constructed so that um, the starting were that it's hard to get Bastardo's into a mixture with closers. So I'm not really sure how to evaluate those and keeping in mind that there's unique roster constructions in leagues.
0: Yeah, I am a little bit concerned about it, but I think that if we're able to get this normalization done correctly, that we should solve for some of that. Because it is, I do want to know what... um, If a guy is starting pitching and relief pitching eligible, if he pitches at this same example, the three innings, let's say zero hits, zero walks, uh, zero earned runs, I want to know what his value is on the starting pitching side and the relief pitching side. Okay. So that is, I think that's one of the questions that we want to solve as well because we want to be able to compare. Like, what does that mean for you know player x to go against edison volquez versus going against david robertson you know which is right random players yes but <laughs> I, I think it's important <laughs> i think that that's wholly important one of the things that i was thinking about that, that might be really important might be to try to carve out what the what an average so I'm I'm using the same method of trying to look at the we know that there are four starting pitcher spots in our league four starting pitching spots three relief pitching spots, um, so I'm starting by trying to fill those those spots mm-hmm. to get our to get our value so essentially figure out what the fifth starter would be and what the fourth reliever would be. But then I think what I want to do to further penalize a um, a middle reliever who's in the starting pitching spot is um, further try to see not just use that thirty inning denominator, but also see like carve out what an average um, starting pitcher would be putting out there versus what an average relief pitcher would be putting out there. So if you're not I mean, four starting pitchers and three relief pitchers might not get you to thirty innings.
1: Yeah, in some weeks for sure, because you'd you'd really be leaning on a a two start guy out of those four. I mean, statistically yeah, speaking, at least for... one of your one of your four should be having a two start week, unless things end up strange with timing, but. Yeah, I don't know. So, are you thinking about trying, are you thinking at all about trying to come up with one all encompassing metric to try? So, for instance, to try and normalize the contribution to ERA and WIP and wins and Ks, for instance, um, to be one number in your rankings? Like, again, like we did with hitting, where you ranked them, you did some sort of, um, you know, some sort of standard deviation type metric. Do you think that you can see one that works like that for pitching, or is this a totally unique animal? I think so. Okay. I think we'll be able to. I think we'll be able to figure
0: that out. I think we also one of the things that I aired on originally was we need to make sure that the weights for each one of those categories is the same. Right. So it, if you win, if you win K's in a week, that should be worth you know. One point, and I want to try to get to that as well. Um, sort of work on, um, yeah, work on making sure that if if there's a one player that's gonna dominate in K's, that that person gets
1: a you know essentially a win against everyone in K's. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we've struggled with a lot, and maybe another year of data points in terms of normalizing between the different categories will help us.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Tough stuff, though.
0: Well, so it's it's going along. I had hoped that I would have more, but then um, as I got into it, I remembered that uh, when I first did this, I did it in, in R, the statistical <laughs> yep. programming language, R. And um, Mike and I had done the update to the, the offensive sign, but had never ported over the pitching for war model. Into Python, so I had to do that, and it just and I ended up having to go off of the, um, the offensive model and kind of mm. calibrating that into into the the pitching side, rather than porting over again the, the R model.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a little that's a little bit of the behind the scenes. <laughs> little bit little bit for the nerds out there the real invested listeners yeah and i I still think we have our pipe dream of not even a pipe dream our realistic dream of getting this up on github all not too long from now
0: yeah so we keep on mentioning that is
1: it your responsibility or is it my responsibility to get i think that since it hasn't gotten done yet it must be mine happy 2017 to everyone we're looking forward to wrapping up season zero here and getting started on season one in the next month or so in the meantime enjoy the outtake one of the
0: things that I've liked about watching the Harry Potter movies is I kind of think that they're a bit of an, they're kind of an allegory for today's tribe. Tell just me a little bit more about that. Just, I mean, just think about all of this stuff, you know, this evil leader coming out and just sort of casting doubt on everyone that you knew was good and great.
1: This is bumming me out. So what have you been listening to or reading in order to keep up with baseball this offseason? I've been grabbing ESPN's Fantasy Focus when it comes out. really enjoy that podcast. And I skim FanGraphs every couple of days. But they're two pretty different perspectives on following baseball. What, about, what are you doing?
0: I'm doing the same. I've uh, been listening to Effectively Wild every once mm-hmm. in a while. Okay. Which has been helpful, which is really helpful to get some of the the tidbits of what's what's really happening, yes, um, out there they don't give enough information on a lot of. <laughs> I mean, cause what what was they they did a deep dive on something really random the other day. Oh well, but yeah, I, I, it's enough for me to be like, oh, I should probably see what's up with Joey Bats, and I should take a look. Oh wow,
1: he he got signed, you know, all yeah. that stuff. I like listening to the reason that I like listening to Fantasy Focus is because I definitely look at Tristan Cockroft's rankings and I like hearing him talk a little bit about like this is why I have this guy placed here so that I'm not just like what the hell Mm. and I am happy come on he's talked about moving EE down so I'm pretty you know that he's (laughs) you know that he's all good in my book as low as you want to put him I'm good I quite frankly don't like listening to Tristan I do not either but (laughs) not even a little bit
0: I do I like listening to Sick Tristan? Sick Tristan, yes. is at the He's at a level that I can like actually listen to, comprehend, and and work with. Um, yeah, I mean he, but he's also the
1: clearly the smartest one on the ESPN staff. Do you get the impression that Eric Carabell doesn't look anything like his voice? I don't know. This gets back into um by. I told you this about Bill
0: Simmons when I first saw Bill Simmons. I was like, eh, God. Because I always, and same thing with, uh, like, first time I heard Tucker Max's voice. Yes. You remember yes. Tucker <laughs> Max, right? I, I was like, oh, my God, this guy sounds like such a dim-witted asshole. And I was like, Bill Simmons' voice on Tucker Max would be perfect. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we have talked about
0: that. That's so right, though. Uh, but yeah, Eric Carabelle, yeah, same uh, I,
1: I, he, But he's like a grumpy old man So I like what he pulls I, love, I like listening to the two of them together I like what he pulls out of Tristan And I think you're right, Tristan is exceptionally smart And I like hearing him talk about some of the process that goes into it But I also yeah. I also like to use my eyes a little bit I like to do some reading And I noticed mm-hmm. that I got a couple of things A couple of things for you One, okay. the first ADP lists are already out that's good. Feels a little premature. Um, I know that this has no bearing on our league, but here's the first round. Um, let me know at the end if anything stands out to you or anything sounds wrong to you. Uh, Mike Trout number one, Mookie Betts two, Eltuve three, Bryant four, Goldschmidt five, Kershaw six, Arenado seven, Machado eight, Scherzer nine, Harper ten, Donaldson eleven, Rizzo twelve. You have any big disagreements with that first round?
0: No, I don't really, nothing really, I,
1: except Bryant is, like, way up there. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that must be a backlash against taking pitchers that high, because normally I would expect a pitcher to be slotted in the top five. Yeah. Like, maybe if Kershaw didn't have, like, a even a, a vague injury concern now, he'd be number four. Harper is also I,
0: I I think there's a huge case to be made that he's he's outside of the top
1: twelve. Yeah. Um I can I can see that as well. I could I could definitely um support that and I think like but thirteen, let me just tell you, thirteen is Trey Turner.
0: Trey Turner? Yeah.
1: Okay, this is this is way too early. This is way too early. I know. Um, so that is crazy. Yeah. The other, the only other indicator that this was like, mm, this might be too early. I mean, they that,
0: haven't taken into account that Adam Eaton is going to take his job.
1: Well, well, I don't think that's true. But I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, I'm completely kidding. Doesn't matter to me. But that could yeah. be great. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. So I think this isn't a crazy first round. I think if we're doing this all, if pretend like we had a league that we were drafting from scratch. I mean Trout bets one 2 I think that's pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. Altuve, no arguments at three. I I definitely think four through twelve you could make a case for tinkering with that order. I mean I could see you could shuffle. I that. could draft Machado at four. Like I wouldn't lose any sleep over that necessarily.
0: Lose a bunch of stolen bases though.
1: Maybe maybe he'll be uh maybe he'll flip that switch again this year. I'll I'll re up that bet. <laughs> maybe at a slightly lower number. <laughs>
0: You want to take it? You want to? You want to put that bet
1: together? I, no. 40. How about? How about? Wait, it has to be at forty. It's forty and a half. It's ah. Uh... Can we just do Machado over under two point five? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh my god! He stole zero. What, that's a winner's bet for you. I'll give you ten. <laughs> no, I'm not taking ten. All right, we're not going to settle this that one tonight. <laughs>
0: uh, Arenado, I would take.
1: I mean, if this was up to me, uh-huh. um, I'd take Arenado fourth. Interesting. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about that. Like that doesn't frustrate me. So that I, that says something interesting about the value in there. I was wondering. Can like,
0: I take Rizzo over? I'd take Rizzo before I would take Bryant. And I think that Ooh. goes to some of our foring, which is to say that uh, first base kind of sucks lately, Agreed. Um, and Brian at outfield, outfield and third base. Nice to have the dual eligibility, but could also pull a Schwarber and hurt himself in, <laughs> in the outfield.
1: Yeah, some of the. I mean, he's a little bit more gazelle-like nimble. but yeah uh i was but i was thinking about this i was think. i was starting to think about this as i looked at this list of it a little bit more in the context of whether there were any um trade possibilities here like whether if you had somebody that you valued like say you value rizzo higher like say you could do that trade i mean you might like a rizzo for bryant and a peace trade I was wondering if there are any possibilities here just based on that. But I think because there's so because what this has taught me is that after the first three, there's a huge matter of taste that goes into the next round and a half, really.
0: Yeah. And it's really one, two. And then there's
1: like a lag. Yeah. And then three. Right. I agree. All right. Well, uh, other things. Fangraphs 2017 predicts the Twins at 75 and 87. Uh, feels optimistic from being honest here. Hey,
0: not going to get to triple-digit losses, <laughs> well, okay. hopefully. Okay,
1: this, this is a quick aside here, is that in this prediction, in fan graphs, they don't predict a team to win 100 games, and they don't predict any teams to lose 100 games. But if you look at previous years, way more than 50% of the time, there's a team with either 100 wins or 100 losses. Yeah, So and last year there was both. That's right. And so I, this got me thinking about the you know i've thought a lot about predicting outliers like when we're trying to project guys like and all of the regression to the mean means that we really damp down all the outliers but you can expect that somebody's going to be out there it's just a question of how do you identify the person that's or the team that's going to be out there or the guy who's going to hit 45 home runs or you know any of those things those tails do exist in the data sets that's right and uh the twins definitely helped fill out that tale last year. Oof. Uh so last thing I enjoyed, I have sort of a perverse enjoyment of reading through like reading long things on the prospect lists. Is that kind of your thing too yeah. or no? No, it's not <laughs> and I
0: need to I need to get into that this year cuz I feel like I I let myself down. Uh-huh. Um I I I do subscribe or subscribe, subscribe. I I watch the um the MILB twitter feed which is kind of fun because you see a bunch of every once in a while you'll be scrolling through twitter and then you'll see like a screwy version of a team logo and it's like whoa wait, 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 wait. that's not right and then it's like yeah. i've never heard of that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's a minor league player all right interesting yeah uh i need to do better about that this year
1: for certain but this is the time right this is the time this is the time i mean all of the all of the prospect lists are really coming out i will give you just a pro tip for fantasy purposes don't be distracted by the overall grade because we don't care about their fielding metrics
0: other than don't care about other
1: than getting them play get time. playing time to
0: get playing time yeah to get playing time so that does it does depend on your league like um, my 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 boy uh arcia it's like i knew that he was going to come up and if it was a deep league like that might have been a nice little sleeper to just get some at bats in there but um not in uh in a competitive 10 12 14 team (laughs)
1: league i think it depends a little bit on how long you're willing to shelve guys too i mean you know that he's going to play eventually it's just a matter of yeah exactly you know that he's gonna be valuable eventually, so I don't know anyway, I would say that for most purposes that you should probably just ignore the fielding stuff and just focus on the the grading on the the hitting personally yeah
0: and and really and my key is always to look for an outstanding skill, yeah, because you need to see either a lot of speed a lot of contact a lot of power that has worked out so well
1: for Byron Buxton
0: (sighs) well he's yeah he's got the speed
1: but he doesn't have (laughs) any contact I'm I'm trying so hard not to be bitter about him going into the year all right (laughs) so (laughs) did you order wine online or why did you suggest this as a wrap-up topic I have I've ordered a few uh few things of wine is that what's happening right right now now? oh i'm i'm very curious i mean i i know next to nothing about wine so i have i haven't done a good job of filling out that uh that snobby requirement in my life but i'm pretty excited to see the vintage here
0: oh this is nothing this is nothing special i got a a mixer of southern italian wines i think it was there's some sort of other term what's But quite frankly, Italian wines not totally my cup of tea. So I, so I'm finding. All right, all right. Looks, uh, I, I don't know. I, I have no comments on that. Okay, we'll
1: in our old age, we'll we'll figure out wines. The next, the next fantasy tools meeting can be a a wine fueled bacchanalia, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, that sounds like that sounds like a good idea. Quite, a, quite an evening for us. Get a, we'll just mix in another piece of fantasy right there. All right, I uh, I can get behind ordering wine. Why not? So, the natural review session here is the entirety of the year of 2016, and uh, fuck that year, man. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, it did a shit ton of stuff
1: in 2016.
0: To be quite frank yes so I'm exhausted I am quite frankly exhausted and in the last two months uh whew, a lot of
1: a lot of negative stuff happened you are you were definitively older and wiser hmm yeah 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 I'll, I'll leave it at that yeah so mm-hmm. so you're wait sorry you there. are you in or out on 2016 uh I am glad that it is over something about 2017 I don't know hope springs eternal maybe I mean, not for the Twins, but, like, for everything else in 2017? Is 2017 a prime number? No, it's not. Is it? Oh,
0: it is a prime oh. number. Oh, see, it's got to be a good year. 2017 is a prime number. Boom. So, it has to be a good year. It mathematically is proven.
1: I don't know. I I, I might disagree that that definitively makes a year a good year, but... not. Nah, well, what else? I'm taking would... it. Well, I think, so Let's that see. to me would say that it is a unique year. <laughs> but
0: but I worry about the... Indivisible uh, with Liberty and Justice?
1: I, I worry about unique years. I don't know, something about that. I'm maybe a little, maybe I'm still a little shell-shocked from 2016, but...
0: Yeah, well...
1: All right, so we're, we're both excited to put that behind us. I mean, it did bring us season zero of Fantasy Tools, something that I yeah. think we're pretty happy with
0: brought it to the world and then 2017 will bring us season one which will be infinitely better (laughs) i can only
1: imagine that is not an exaggeration he he means it yes indeed all right well that ends a um
0: well kind of down review session (laughs) so time for a little housekeeping be sure to follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments you can try tracking down our personal email or sending us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z well buddy all i've got
1: left for you is worse luck Worse luck to you too